Welcome to the Athlon Sports Cover 2 podcast here on AthlonSports.com. His name is Mitch Light. My name is Braden Gall. We wrap up the regular season technically in college football. There are still plenty of games and a lot of remake games coming up in Championship Saturday. So we'll preview that coming up in a few days. You can follow him on Twitter at AthlonMitch. You can follow me at Braden Gall. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff, of course. And then there were six, Mitch. Elimination in top four, as we do each and every Monday on the program. Uh, eliminated Michigan Wolverines. Pooping down their leg in the horseshoe. Eliminated. One, one of the most surprising, not surprising results, surprising S- outcomes, score? scores, okay. what happened on the field, just stunning. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what, Braden? That's why they play the game. Heck yeah, man. And um, uh, eliminated officially, although not sure how big of a chance they had, Washington State. They lose the Apple Cup. Just not um, good enough. Who owns more property in the other guy's head? Chris Peterson with Mike Leach or Urban Meyer with Jim Harbaugh? I think Urban Meyer with Jim Harbaugh because there's not much else in Jim Harbaugh's head except football. Mike Leach has tons of other stuff going on. <laughs> like he's concerned so, about. So Chris Peterson has like a one bedroom condo in downtown in Seattle that's in Mike Leach's head, whereas Urban Meyer has like an entire development. Just like a 7,000-foot mansion. Like a mansion in his head. So what we talked about, so those two teams eliminated. Do you have any problem with the six that are left? And how close is UCF in your mind to being a viable, legitimate playoff contender? Because I believe that the injury to Mackenzie Milton is a huge part of the committee's job. Yeah, and we'll have to see how they play without him this week uh, against a Memphis team that they beat by one point on the road in the rain. Cardell Jones, again, stepped in for JT Barrett 2014. Dominated Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. If they go out and they win 51-20 to and the quarterback looks good, I think you can raise questions. You can take the best player off the team and say they're still just as good. I'm saying you can talk about it. If they they win 21-20 and have 350 yards of offense, then you can say, you know what, they don't have their best player. So this is partly. It's not an. It's not an automatic eliminate. If you okay. were considering them before, I think you still have to. You have to have an open mind and watch and see how they play this week. I. I, I think the players that are on your team are sort of important. Um, and when you take the best player off a team that probably doesn't deserve to be in the conversation in the first place. Well, if you, if that's your take, then so, you then you're not concerning them that, anyway. I'm not saying I am. I'm just I'm being so, devil's advocate saying. If you're a committee member and you you you've been high in this team, you got to watch them play this week. How many two loss teams, in your opinion, are better than UCF? Because this is what the committee. This is not a. Normally we do our rankings recap on 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 Wednesday. And well, we'll, get, we'll get into the rankings, but I just am. I when I talk of deserving teams, because UCF is going to move up to probably seventh in the polls, and at least in the AP poll, I think they moved up to seventh. And they did. I, I'm just curious. They're they're seven in both. I, I think Michigan is better. Okay, I'm I not. LSU's I can't sit better. Here, I'm think, not going to sit here and say that. I think they're better. Okay. I would pick them to win, but I'm not. You know, LSU. LSU's got three losses now. Um, yeah, it's true. I I think Michigan's better, but Michigan got they got destroyed on Saturday by a team that has not been that good this year. So I'm not going to sit here and say I know for certainty. I can sit here and say I would pick Michigan, but I do I, love the not that good. Well, they're an 11 and one championship caliber. But they have, no, they have not been playing that well. They, we all they, agreed. Be, no, we, defensively, offensively, right. they've been electric. Sure, but the they, if if Maryland could complete a pass, you know, I, I they, they 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 would have lost the game. So and they'd also be a two loss team better than UCF. I just don't know what UCF has done to prove that they belong in the playoff. And they're, they're I'm not saying they belong. That wasn't your question. The question true. was they're inching their way closer. Right, though. but I, so I'm not saying UCF deserves to be in the playoff. Okay. You asked me if I you 
I'm not going to sit here and definitively say I think okay. they're better than Michigan. So if I say Michigan and Washington State have been eliminated. I agree with that. And that UCF has been eliminated. If you were a believer, now you can't because Mackenzie Milton's been hurt. You're still saying, no, let's wait and see. Just be patient, Braden. It's okay. one more week. Like, okay. I've got six teams. I don't have UCF in my I list. don't have I'm UCF just saying in if you my... did before, yeah. you still should. My top four, nanner, 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 hasn't changed in four weeks, and it didn't change this weekend because my top four is still the same. What Alabama nanner, won. nanner, nanner? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Clemson. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Notre Dame. I haven't changed. I don't have to change because I was right. Now I feel good. I'm better. I've got Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Georgia. Like to me, it doesn't matter because I need to see. I'm having fun, by the way. I know. I I just the the Georgia has sort of a big game this week, and I really? need to see how they play. Oh, and I want to bring up okay. the point. We were probably about to. There's a huge debate going on in the college football world: Oklahoma versus Ohio State, because it might assuming turn into that a, there is a spot open for the two, one of the two of them. I don't want to dismiss Georgia from that discussion as I, a I, loss. You're uh, saying yes, a respectable loss. Eleven and two, Georgia, with a loss to I, Alabama. I'm not. I just want to include them in the conversation. Okay. Well, let's. I think we should hold on. So I've got like a huge, long Ohio State, Oklahoma, like tail of the tape rant. I, I'm going to go on next pod. Should I? Okay. I want because I want the next pod to be rankings, reaction, and preview of yeah. the championship Saturday. This is more of our look back. And here's the deal with Michigan. Let's start there with Michigan. So our, my top four hasn't changed. Your top four now includes Georgia. Um, so the two things we talked about on the podcast last week we about, talked about more than two things about Michigan and Ohio State okay. where we thought Ohio State could have an edge two things between the ears psychologically mentally were they was Michigan able to clear that mental hurdle and beat someone they haven't beaten in the horseshoe since 2000 and haven't beaten in six straight six straight games clearly that wasn't the case as they gave up a down the field touchdown drive in the first drive the other one was, do they have? can they handle Ohio State's athletes on offense in space? The answer to that question was no. So the answer to the two most important questions was no. So let's give credit to Ohio State that they were at home, they had the better athletes in space, and they're still in Michigan's head. The more interesting discussion for me, and again, we'll spend next pod discussing Ohio State's resume and how they match up against Oklahoma and you know maybe a Georgia team that you want to make sure is in that conversation as well. I want to focus more on Michigan and and Jim Harbaugh. I, listen, you're just you're just mad. You're playing. No, you, you you have to beat Ohio State. Yeah, at some point as a head coach. We, and we have both been staunch defenders. Yes, I'm very Harbaugh. pro Harbaugh. I still think he's a yes, really good football coach. But you you have to beat Ohio State at some point. You cannot continue to go and preferably do it when you're knocking on the year. playoff and you're the favorite on the road. How much of this game is on Jim Harbaugh as the head coach of the program? A lot. Again, this wasn't a 24-21 game where the, you know they a played had they, a bad call. They played or, great defense. There's a big play here or there. This was a four-quarter domination running up and down the field. Ohio State averaged 12 almost 13 yards per pass attempt, almost double what Michigan's Michigan's given up in its next worst game. It was just I'm not, I can't sit here and say they weren't ready to play. They weren't motivated. Of course they're motivated. They're playing their rival at Ohio State. Could they have taken them? Were they overconfident? I can't imagine th they shouldn't be, but there has to be – like if these two teams play ten times in Columbus, what is this outcome? One of the ten times. Not, not, the, not the win. 
Ohio State. Dominant. Oh, does this happen? Yeah, one out of ten. And this was the one time maybe, that they yeah, actually maybe, played. Maybe a second time. Yeah, this if you're, is the, if you're feeling a little froggy. So you have to, you have to, like I, like you said and I said, you've got to break through at some point. It should have been this year. You had the better, at the you might not have the better overall roster, but you have the better team this year. Your defense has been among the best in the country. Your offense was been good enough to win games comfortably. With what was at stake, inexcusable. Yeah. Uh, as a staunch defender of Jim Harbaugh, I don't really have much to say about this. I, you you went in there, and I, I do believe that and, – and the Chris Peterson-Mike Leach comparison is apt here because I think there is a talent difference between Washington and Washington State. While I don't believe the gap is as large between Michigan and Ohio State, I still think people don't, un, don't truly give Urban Meyer the credit for having by far the best roster in – in in the country or in the conference, I I think it's. I think people. I think they're number two. I think they're still. When you look at the recruiting rankings, that, Michigan, that's why everyone was so puzzled by their defensive uh, failures exactly, this year exactly. because we know they have good players, right? And so I think the talent gap is still. I think Ohio State still is more talented. Obviously, they were at home. It was a three point favorite. It wasn't like Michigan was some fourteen point favorite or whatever. So I, while I, you also have to step back and say, all right. They were one inch away from making the playoff. This week, they were one game away from making the playoff and winning a Big Ten title. Last year, they started out number three in the playoff rankings despite finishing third. They won 10 games in his first year after a five-win season. I'm still not jumping off the Jim Harbaugh. I'm not changing my opinion of Jim Harbaugh, but there is a more there's a bigger sense of urgency now because he did beat Michigan State. He did beat Penn State. He did beat Wisconsin this year. The revenge tour was almost completed. But to your point, it is the one game that's the most important, and it's the situation of the year where you had a playoff spot almost all but locked up if you could just win this game, and you couldn't get it done. Um, so next year at home, I don't know what the two rosters are going to look like, but you get the game at home next year. There probably aren't any excuses next year for Jim Harbaugh. So Right, and, and it's not like he's going to get fired if he loses to Ohio State next year, but it's possible. <laughs> I well, I mean, if they're, I, I doubt if they're, it. If they're seven and four going, or you know, well, six and, four and if they're five and six going into that game and they miss yes. a bowl game because they lose to Ohio State, he might get fired. Yes. Um, I, and, and we'll get to a lot of coaching news. There's a ton of coaching news. We're going to get to that uh, in just a minute. Um, do you want to do Oklahoma at West Virginia? Speaking of dudes running free, oh, it was almost com. It was it was at almost point, comical. Yeah. Do you? Do you, here's the question. Do you like it? I like it as a change of pace. Yeah, it was fine. Like occasionally? Yeah. Like sometimes you go out and you, 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 you get a big meal. You get dessert. You, you, sometimes you, know. you order that dessert. Yeah, you don't need it every week. <laughs> but, you know, it's well, fun. Never ever. ever. <laughs> yeah, it's fun every once in a while. It, it was a fun... Sometimes I get a nice rosé. Yeah. You know, like normally I'm going to go whiskey or beer, but it's sometimes you just, you know what? I want that rosé. It's just that it's actually they, never happened. They were playing a different sport than most teams I, on over the holiday. It was weekend. thoroughly entertaining, though. It kept me from watching a top five Tennessee Kansas basketball game. Yeah, which actually ended up being pretty entertaining too. Um, it was. It was. I mean, almost comical. Like I laughed out loud a couple times. Yes, there was just a lot of people running wide open. The, the best part I love is like Oklahoma's getting torched, and then like. Their DB, one of their DBs makes a play after like five times running, and they're like <laughs> celebrating. Yeah, they're celebrating like like just, not in my house. Yeah, yeah like <laughs> wait a second, bro. Tone it down. A little Will bit. Greer has five hundred and eighty <laughs> yards passing. Right. Um, I'll say, I, listen, it, it, modern football is marketed through the quarterback. The NFL markets every game via the quarterback. Right. It's Rodgers versus Brady. It's Breeze versus Goff. It's that's how it's marketed. 
if you're a college football marketing guru, you're looking at Will Greer versus Kyler Murray and you're saying, sign me up every time. Now, I'm not saying that that's the way you win championships or that it was phenomenal football that I prefer, but it was exciting. It was two great quarterbacks. You can't argue with that. Two guys that went back and forth, and Oklahoma's a better team. Surprise, surprise. They were on the road. I think here's the other thing. I think winning, and we'll talk about this on Wednesday as we compare Oklahoma and Ohio State, I think the win over West Virginia on the road, while it's not as good as Ohio State's performance against Michigan, it's not too much further down the list. That one was on the road. And Ohio State was at home. So Oklahoma was equally as impressive to me, maybe obviously not on defense, but almost as impressive as Ohio State was. Yeah, and Will Greer, for being a senior quarterback, made two big mistakes, some ball security issues that that sometimes sometimes a fumble doesn't come back to haunt you. In this game, they were two defensive scores. You'd have to – even if they weren't scores, that Oklahoma would have scored because they scored almost every time they had the ball. Um, Yeah, just – Kind of eight point nine two yards per play for Oklahoma right now. If they can finish anywhere near that after after the Texas game, they will set the NCAA record, which I believe was Hawaii in 06, Set the NCAA record for yards. Yeah, per I, play. I tweeted this like during the game. Like rarely do things sports like happen as expected. You know, we talk about it all week. This was exactly what we all expected. Yeah, we we ran through the score totals for Oklahoma. Yeah, fifty six, fifty, forty seven, forty four. 50, 52. Now, again, we talked about Ohio State before. Yeah, that one was different. Yeah. Well, no, before Saturday, like how is their defense so bad? How is Oklahoma's defense that bad? Mm. Wilger is really good. But they they gave it up to a lot of teams. Uh, as After that game, Oklahoma now ranks 103rd in defense at 6.03 yards per play, which in fact is worse than Ohio State, uh, which is currently at 76th in the nation. What's really fascinating about our rankings uh, the top four teams in the country and offense, yards per play, if you really want a good indicator, number one, Oklahoma, number two, Alabama, number three, Georgia, number four, Clemson. Offense, offense, offense. There you go. Um, so congratulations to Oklahoma. They get a rematch with Texas, who sort of sleepwalks past Kansas. You know, they kind of handled their business, but um, never really was in doubt, but they had a they had that one in control, but never was really that explosive and exciting. I tried to watch some of that game. I just – it wasn't fun. So, Oklahoma and Texas matchup now. Uh, that one's at noon on Saturday. We'll get to that. Uh, by the way, what did we have in the Big 12 championship game in our Athlon Sports Magazine? Oklahoma versus Texas. Okay. Um, what did we have in the – Are you asking questions you know the answers to? Somewhat. <laughs> okay. Um, what did we have in the – SEC, but that's not – In really. the SEC. We had we had exactly we had Missouri Arkansas we tried a little different no we, <laughs> we had exactly twelve and zero Alabama to exactly eleven and one Georgia we had that exact actually it might have been the other way around yeah. I don't know um, we, we had, had Georgia and we Alabama. had Georgia and Alabama we did not have Pitt versus Clemson and we did not have Northwestern we did not but we had Ohio State we had Clemson we had Washington we had Alabama we had Georgia we had Texas we had Oklahoma. Yeah, Texas is the we missed, one. We missed three out of ten. Not bad. But Texas is the one that, you know, I think we – I don't know if it's going out on a limb. that I, I don't think a lot of people had Texas. In. It was a lot no, of people in West so. Virginia, Oklahoma. I agree. I agree. Uh, Utah, of course, had already clinched. So Utah and Washington, which I cannot wait for. Rematch. Uh, so congratulations. Utah to, rallies from 20 down at home against BYU. Yes. I didn't see any of that game. Yeah, I watched some Saturday night. Good for you. And by the way, we'll get to it. LSU and Texas A&M. I was very tired. 74-72. I, I wanted to go to bed, and they wouldn't stop playing football. I did not see a second of I watched, overtime. I watched uh, all of overtime. I was, I was with, literally falling asleep. I was with some Notre Dame. So after the uh, after the uh, 
The beatdown on West End? Yes, uh, that, if that's what you want to call it. Ass kicking, <laughs> curb stomping, woodshed beating. Uh, what do you want to call it? Went out to, for dinner with some friends and, and with some Notre Dame friends who so we were watching uh, Jonathan's in Bellevue. Oh, okay. I went to Fleming's. Okay. Whoa. Yeah, man. Did you pay for it? Yeah. Who went? What, do you think I steal food? Who went? Me and a buddy. We drowned our sorrows in Blanton's that single is barrel. Not a cheap place. No. no, but they got a good happy hour. Okay. <laughs> Over under. Oh, a, but, oh, so you just paid for yourself, though? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he bought his own drink and sandwich, and I bought my oh, own. Oh, you sandwich? Didn't you get a steak? Oh, so you went to I like got a steak sandwich. No, oh, I, went, okay. I sat at the bar, at, at okay. the, and I got a. Yeah, but here's the, here's the if secret. If you go sitting there like the real restaurant. Yeah, but here's the secret of the. No, the prices are the same, but here's the secret. You can get a six ounce filet sandwich for 18 bucks. That exact same steak, not like, on a bun, it's like, 50. it's like $42 if you just buy the steak. It's the secret. You just say, give me the steak sandwich, and then you slide it off the bun. Sandwich and, steak sandwich. and it turns into a six ounce filet right there for like 15, 18 bucks. It was great. The, the drink was almost as much as the sandwich yeah, was. Yeah, that place is out. It's very, very good. It's outrageous. Yeah. yeah. So no, not, anyway. not so I was watching Notre Dame with some uh, some buddies who a friend who likes Notre Dame. So we were watching the Notre Dame USC game. Got home, watched most of that game. Right as that was ending, they were going into overtime. That's so. as I was I, I was on the floor in front of my fireplace. We had a fire going. I was on the floor laying there with the pillows, and I fell asleep when Notre Dame made it a, a one score game. It seemed like it was already out of reach at that time. So I was watching that game just to make sure you you know Notre Dame. Or USC made it a one-score game. Yeah. Excuse me. I was watching the Notre Dame game, and I, I literally was like, I had flipped back to LSU a couple of times, and then I, I literally woke up, and I was... Oh, it was crazy. I mean, everyone... Uh, I was asleep. You so. saw it, or you read about it. We don't yeah. need to rehash it. By the way, would you like to compliment me on my toughness? Do you seem to be like I was, you know, just short sleeves? Do you seem to you be were, impressed? You were wearing short sleeves in 60-degree weather? Yep. Pretty tough. You, I didn't think it was anything. You're, you, you, you no, texted was, me like, yeah, no, wow, I, short I was sleeves. just trying to throw you off your game. Okay. I was like... I couldn't heckle beautiful. you... My seats were too good. I couldn't heckle you at the Vandy Tennessee game because okay. you were too far away. Okay. Yeah. And I was sitting with my wife and some in laws and stuff, so it would have been inappropriate to heckle you. Okay. From forty-three you could, rows up. You could. I, hey, you, I'm tough. You can try. Okay. So I was trying to text heckle you. Okay. Yeah. It worked. No, it didn't. I thought you were. I thought <laughs> oh, you were complimenting worked. me. No, it actually, didn't. I thought you were complimenting me. Um. Yeah. It's my. It's my sneaky way of heckling. Yeah. Tell people good things about that yes. they're doing. Yes. No. Um. It was a beautiful day here in Nashville for a game. We'll get oh, to that one in a second. Um. Yeah. Any other championship news you want to talk about? Memphis and UCF. Obviously, the big news there. We talked about Mackenzie Milton gruesome injury, uh, in that one. Awful. Fresno uh, versus Boise State in the Mountain West championship game is. Uh, Boise they State beat Utah State. Uh, Pittsburgh loses to Miami. That was very predictable. But already in the game. So yeah. at 7-5, and five, they roll in. Northwestern, uh, of course, already clinched as well. So but give them credit. After they clinching, they the beat job. Minnesota and uh, Illinois. They've been yeah, really banged up. Really Two really tough opponents there. So Northwestern gets in and uh, eight, at 8-4. and four, So at least... Uh, Semi-respectable. Semi-respectable as opposed to the 7-5 and five, uh, that is in with the Pittsburgh Panthers. Anything else from a outcome standpoint that you want to discuss? Washington, Washington State. Washington sort of just complete control with Miles Gaskin, who had a huge day. Um, Are you concerned um, Clemson defensively gave up uh, 600 yards? I, I did check that one out, though, because I saw it was like 28-21. At the like half. The, at the half, and I was like, what is going Jake on Jake Bentley, here? 32 for 55, 10 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. Now, some of that came late after, some they, of it came after Clemson. Though, too. Right. I, I'm not as concerned. Clemson is still number three in the nation in total defense at 4.16 yards per play. They didn't – like – it's hard to explain when you don't have much to play for against your rival. 
but like you do. But even though you like, I think Clemson could lose to Pittsburgh and still get into the playoff, for example. So I, that one's a weird one. I think you're 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 given one of those, especially when you eventually pull away and you win by a boatload of points. Um, in least important Iron Bowl in the history of the Iron Bowl, or it's well, no, I, you can't say that because boring, one of the teams is, is is in the top four of the playoff. There, there's been other times when neither team is in the top ten or fifteen. Least interesting game itself. Least it was least interesting sixty minutes of Iron Bowl football that I can remember. Okay, you seem to be going for a certain theme, so I'll let you. Uh, so, is, that, uh, is that fair though? Yeah, it was close for a while. Wasn't it seven point game at the half or ten point game at the half? And then, and then Alabama, boom, 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 quick plays after the. I think they scored twenty one in the yeah. third quarter. Here, here's a stat I like from the weekend. We're kind of bouncing around. Georgia did not allow a rushing play of longer than ten yards against Georgia Tech. You're you're playing some. You're they, playing some. Give me some cliches. You're playing some assignment, some disciplined football. Gap, you're, you're controlling your gaps. Gap, gap integrity. Gap discipline. Did you have gap integrity this weekend? Um, like between. The entree and dessert? Yeah. <laughs> there was no gap there. Okay. <laughs> I held my ground. I went right from the stuffing into the pie. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, so Georgia had better gap integrity. I think that did. game was 45-7 at yeah, one and, point. Yeah, and Tech had a defensive touchdown, or special yeah, teams touchdown. Not, like, Georgia just dominant in that game. Yeah, here's um, – I'll just go through. Wake, 49, Duke, 7 at Duke. What, Yikes. I mean, just yes. Good for Wake getting bowl eligible, but no yeah. show by Duke. Yeah. Uh, Miami 24, Pitt 3, Nikosi Perry 6 of 24. So it's not like they've solved the quarterback woes. A, a, a nice, smooth 25% completion percentage there, I believe, if I'm doing my math correctly. 6 of 24? Yeah. That's hard to do. It's not 25%. Yeah, yeah, 25%. Thank yeah, you. You're right. Yeah, um, you're welcome. And let me bounce. You want to – we talked – I, mean, I, I the problem is, I, as we talked about on the podcast last week, I just did, I didn't I, – I saw Oregon, Oregon State on the channel guide, and I was like, nah. Arizona, Arizona State. I was like, mm, okay. I, I just, I wasn't intrigued. Like Wisconsin, Minnesota. You know, congratulations to Minnesota on breaking that streak for for as long as, you know, as long as it, yeah. it was. But like, it just wasn't. It didn't carry any interesting merit with me, and that's I found that difficult this weekend for the first time in a long time to really get into a lot of games, and that should not be the case for two guys to do a college football podcast. Well, I'll just keep bouncing around. You, you, you know, if you if you want to add something, you can add something. If not, uh, Florida. That I want to talk about. Okay, well, Iowa State rallies to beat Kansas State. Uh, three straight touchdowns, a defense, uh, a bad fumble by uh, Skylar Thompson, I believe, for Kansas State. Iowa State 42, Kansas State 38, and probably Bill Snyder's last game. Yeah. Uh, Baylor and Texas Tech in a bowl eligibility game. Texas Tech loses. Cliff Kingsbury gone. TCU gets bowl eligible. Weird season for Corn Dog and Company. That yeah, some some so really strange. some high highs, some low lows. Yeah. By the way, that cost me my fantasy championship. Oh, you lost Mike good. Gundy. Lost, lost or win? I lost by like ten points. Did EMU win? I had Justice Hill in the lineup. Didn't play. I'm so glad you lost. He said he said he was probable all week. Tylen Wallace had the worst game of his season, and Corn Dog didn't produce. So now here's the thing, though. Make make some sense of this. I started Dwayne Haskins, and you lost. But like, who starts Dwayne Haskins against in that situation? So you, you, you I was, complimented yourself in defeat. Kind of. Okay. Which is hard to do. <laughs> no, but if someone could do it, it'd I got be 42 points. Who does that? Me, you apparently. Do. I picked Michigan to win the Big Ten championship and go to the playoff. Okay. This, I started Dwayne Haskins. This team rallied, had to score late to beat Rutgers at home. Michigan State needed a touchdown with four minutes to go to beat Rutgers. Oh, brutal. You mentioned Minnesota's first win over Wisconsin since 2003. First win at Wisconsin since 94. Hat tip to Mississippi State in an ugly, ugly Dominating egg bowl. Fashion. 
Mississippi State gave up 10 touchdowns in eight SEC games. The last team to be this good from the scoring defense at standpoint, Florida in 2012 gave up 10 points. I'm assuming Alabama in, in 2011 probably is pretty close. close they but were like, like 12 or, or 13 touchdowns. Here's the thing. Well, that was after, that was before 2012. Okay. Um, I, I, I think the epitome of your picks against the spread this year was that Egg Bowl. Like Ole Miss plus Fights? 11. <laughs> was there a fight? Yeah, yeah <laughs> Ole Miss plus 11. And not only do you the lose, quarterback got hurt early. You lose bad, and then there's, I could not believe that that some of the fighting that took place in that game, <laughs> like Matt, that one the big corral, the backup quarterback he's running should, down there, just yeah. to, and then AJ Brown get, gets doesn't get his whole thing was crazy, yeah. Um, but that's the beauty of the rivalry game. I didn't and get the, into that one though because that was I was really exhausted after a long day of loss, so I just sat on the couch on that one. Yeah, and then uh, flipped over to the Saints and the Falcons a little bit there. Just see Kyle Strummer named SEC Player of the Week after Good going thirty-one of thirty-five for three sixty-seven. Well, h- how many other games would you like to talk about? Because I'd like to talk about. I want to get to Vanderbilt, Tennessee at the end. The okay. Dilly Dilly Bowl Part Two, um, because there's some ties to the new coaching thing and and. Okay, and whatever, well that, but, that's. Uh, but I'd like to talk Florida. Okay, I didn't Florida see any of that. State. Just domination. Uh, right? when, a, when a defensive back on one football team is telling the other football yes. team sideline. <laughs> That you need 11 players on the field. Here's the thing. Um, I talked to one of the guys who did the game, and he's like, I've never seen a sideline in more disarray from like a logistical execution standpoint than Florida State's was this weekend. Whether it's getting the right guys on the field, down a distance, knowing your time, knowing your personnel packages, cha- making substitutions. Th- this guy was just like, I've never seen. I've never seen anything th- this un- unorganized. And that's not a good sign. And it's uh, not a first-year head coach. That's the. That's he's what been I'm a head coach right. at three other schools. Well, fir- first year. I don't care. No, he's run. A, he's been a CEO of the program. Florida State. He's been that, a C, he's, he's run programs. Yes, before. we agree. I'm just making yeah. sure that you're that the audience knows that you know that he's been a head coach somewhere else. Yes. He's not. It's his, it's his first year at Florida State. Right. He's a he's longtime head coach. Um, I, I that that's one of the worst first seasons. I can remember at a program like a Florida State. For them to be for there to be disarray, locker room issues, just lack of everything. And then to go out to your rival like they did to Florida, pretty brutal. And Dan Mullen, quite the opposite. Despite a couple of bad games this season, I think Florida fans feeling very, very good about the future of their program. Yes. Dan Mullen. Yeah, I mean it's hard other than the fact that you know in your Florida State you're always going to have good players, it's hard if you're a Florida State fan right now. It's hard to be that optimistic about you know just the direction because like all those things you just said, chaos. You want as a fan, you want your team to be well organized and well coached. You know, yep. obviously you want every, the best of everything, but the last thing you need is to, is to be questioning the organization of the program. Yeah, no, especially football. There's so many moving parts there so let's start the coaching carousel conversation portion of the podcast here um, unless there's another game you want to get to boys i don't know if, if, if you want to get to the fresno game if you, i don't know what you what you want to get to memphis houston was interesting it was tied ed oliver played after yeah. skipping three three or four weeks and then did not play in the second half i guess it was injuries act uh, the injury got uh, aggravated interesting results in conference usa where mtsu went into the game knowing that they had it, the division locked up because FIU lost to Marshall. Then MTSU goes out and pounds UAB. Those two teams play again, again in Murfreesboro yep. this week. Very odd there. Yeah. Um, congrats to Willie Fritz and the boys. Tulane twenty nine twenty eight. They go for they they 
they listened to the Cover 2 podcast. They Always went, go for two. They went for two. Yes. And got the win. Fear with, the wave. And um, big win there. Have they, have they gone, has Willie Fritz gone to a bowl game yet? Not a two-lane. First one. Very cool. So, uh, and then the Mountain West, as you mentioned, we've got Boise State, Fresno State. A couple surprising results, though. Hawaii beat San Diego State 30, uh, 31-30. UNLV, after a disastrous stretch, won its second straight beat rival Nevada 34-29. to So big – Take uh, that, Wolfpack. Yeah. Take what? I think it's two words out there. I think it's one word for NC State. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's, yeah so say Wolf – Pack. Yeah, a little longer. Pause. Yeah, there. Wolf – Okay. Pack. Okay, I got you. Got you. If it's NC State, it's – Wolfpack. Yeah. Wolfpack. All right. All right. Uh, let's transition to the coaching rumors then because a lot of stuff to discuss here. And one of them has, of course, been sort of – breaking Monday and that is offensive coordinator for the Tennessee Volunteers will become the head football coach of the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. It's a good, good couple of days for the Helton. Um, yeah and so a lot of this stems from that fact that there could be massive disconnect and disarray with the offensive coaching staff Tennessee and with between Jeremy Pruitt and Clay Hel- or Tyson Helton. Um, obviously it appears that the offense was in could not accomplish much of anything against both Vanderbilt and Missouri. Um, certainly was terrible against Charlotte. It wasn't very good against good teams, but I don't really fault them for that. So uh, Tyson, Clay Helton, excuse me, Tyson Helton leaves. Uh, there are rumors that Hugh Freeze, it will be the guy to be taking over at that position. Now on the field, it seems like a pretty good hire. He seems like a pretty good offensive mind, a good coach. I don't. He doesn't run the football particularly well. He didn't have a lot of good running games at Ole Miss, so I don't and know. Since, since he left Ole Miss, that's is, the right fit. But since he left Ole Miss, the last two years they've run the ball very well while still passing. They've, right, they've and, shown a lot more balance. And so I don't. You know that part of it's interesting to me. Really, the the bigger question and discussion is if you are a fan of a team, forget Tennessee for a second. If you're a fan of a team, how would you feel if your team hired Hugh Freeze to be its offensive coordinator? Do you care? I care ab- about a. a a coach's marital life and does that matter to you or to people no, i care more about the ncaa issues and the okay yeah i mean I, but those I, issues are behind him now in theory but he still did it i, I understand yeah so no i i it would, doesn't mean he's gonna do it again i'm just i'm just saying you would not take the risk as an ad or as a fan you don't like the moral stance because i don't really have a what's really ironic is from a moral standpoint i don't like what he did as a person I don't actually care if you pay recruits morally because I don't think that that's a moral line to cross. I think we have a multi-billion dollar but industry. His, his situation, was rules, his but situation was different. The, the tweet about contact our compliance department if, you've, if you know, he was challenging people and hiding behind a lot of religious... He was, he was preaching to yes, people. Yes, and I, there's he's a lot, gonna, there's a lot of things to, about Hugh Freeze that rub me the wrong way. I, 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 and I agree with all of those. I think there are a lot of fan bases out there that say if you come in, if you come in and you win, that's fine. Now I think Hugh Freeze needs to keep keeps his head. I think he needs to have the right attitude about it. The things that you're talking about, you know, challenging compliance on Twitter and preaching at people about their lifestyle and about who they are and what they should be and what they're not and all this stuff. You, you got to put all that out. That's got to go all out the window, no matter where you coach. Um, and of course, Tennessee fans are the same fans that, you know elected politicians were getting involved about how Greg Schiano isn't worthy of representing our university. I'm sure they won't have a single problem with a literal cheater in all senses of the word representing their university now because of selective moral outrage. That being said, I think he's a good offensive mind. I think he's going to be back in the game at some point. Could it be the right fit 
for for Tennessee. That's I, we we talked before the podcast. I, I don't see it being the right fit. He does not seem to mesh with what Jeremy Jeremy Pruitt wants to do on offense. And you like you said, Hugh Freeze is was innovative. I'm sure he still could be innovative. But I don't think Jeremy Pruitt really wants too many three and outs where the where 15 seconds go off the clock. You know, wants wants to run the ball more, wants to commit to the running game. Something they 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 didn't run the ball very much on, on on Saturday, even though they had some success doing it. I don't see it as a as a the perfect fit. Okay, but he's a really good coach. I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. And coaches can evolve. You know, Jeremy Pruitt can evolve his thinking. Do, do you think Jeremy Pruitt and Hugh Freeze can get along? <laughs> do you think Jeremy Pruitt and Anybody can get along. I don't. I know. think that's a fair question. Yeah, we we don't know. Yeah, we don't know about that. But the point is, Hugh Freeze being rumored. I I don't think it's long before Hugh Freeze is a coach, whether it's Tennessee or not. I think he's back. And then once you're back in as a coordinator, you're back into the the, the, the ranks as being eligible. I wouldn't be surprised if he's a head a Power Five head coach in the next three years. Well, there's a lot of chatter yesterday before this Tyson Helton news broke that that uh, Hugh Freeze was interested in Western Kentucky, and the the thought on was how great is it that Rick Stansbury and Hugh Freeze were on the same campus? Oh my God. That's pretty good. Would, um, would have been on the same Which case. transitioned us very smoothly to Clay Helton, who stays at USC. Lynn Swan decides who, let's be clear on this, Lynn Swan cut from the Chuck Knoll and the Pittsburgh Steelers cloth of very conservative sort of coach management. They only had, what, three coaches in the Rooney family, I believe, for whatever it was there at, at Pittsburgh. So he's you have to kind of know where his background is. He's never done this before, right? He's never gone through a major firing and hiring of a football coach. So that's a big part of this. Here's what my theory is on the, on the USC thing. I think they were torn as a fan base and as boosters. I, I don't think, think the fan base is torn. I think half the, I think, I mean, I think there's some influential boosters that, that want like him, him but I, I would, if, I'm, I'm talking just the, okay. just the people that make decisions. I think okay. there, I think there was still, there was, there would be a portion of the fans that if they announced today Clay Helton was fired at USC, there'd be a portion of the fan, whatever that percentage is, 28, 42, I don't know what it is, that would say it was too early, you moved too soon, he won us a Pac-12 championship in a Rose Bowl, let's give him some time, he's got a freshman quarterback. If you play those the way Lynn Swan has played it, which is, I'm going to wait, I'm going to do a lot of research this year on other coaches, and they are terrible next year, you have 100% fan support, right? There's no dissenters. I think that's maybe where he's coming from this. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. I mean, that that's an interesting theory. Makes sense. I think a lot of it had the money. Buyout's big. Um, Which I'm assuming would go down after yeah, one more year right. of work. I, I, Knowing what I know about the situation, knowing how things work, I would make the move. Very rarely when you decide to put it off for one more year do things turn around. I, I agree with that, but but more times people are united, though. There is something to that, and and from a guy who is, I I think Lin Swan, you gotta, you gotta, I think Lin Swan's learning how to do this too. I think there's a large part of this that he's never done this before. Yeah, you got and then you got to put up like if they get off to a bad, I think he'd be fired. I think he'd be fired very quickly. Yeah, off season questions, yes. and then if you go off to a bad start. Now here's the thing: who starts number one in our magazine on the hot seat when we put our magazine out next? Fall? Clay Helton. It's Clay Helton. There are a lot of programs where you make the argument: the, the longer you put this off the bigger hole you bury yourself in and it's harder to, to, to build yourself back up. Not really a factor at Not, USC. Yeah, nope. New coach, James Franklin, just throwing that out there in two, year, <laughs> in a year, two years. Would be Re fine. Recruit, yeah. recruit, recruit. Yeah. You're back in two, a year. There are certain programs that are scandal and coaching maneuver, you know, proof. Yes. And, but you got to hire the right guy either way. Right. Um, so Clay Hill stays. Uh, Mike McIntyre, we've already talked about him uh, being go he's gone. Um, the other ones that were announced, Larry Fedora at North Carolina, he's out. 
already hired a new coach. What Mac, Mac Brown? This is like Kansas and North Carolina, two great basketball programs, hiring coaches that were really great in 2008. 2009 for Mac Brown, 2007 for Les Miles, national championship games. I, I need to see what Mac Brown's staff looks like at North Carolina. That's, I don't hate this nearly as much as I thought I would. I mean, I wouldn't go this direction. He's been far removed again. It's sort of like you did not win. The last few years did not win – North and, at Texas, so why a, are you going to win at North Carolina? There's a lot of former North Carolina assistants out there as head coaches. Seth Luttrell, yeah. Mike Anderson. Yeah, the, the, and Scott Satterfield seemed like a great fit geographically yeah. and all that. There's a lot of other directions they could have gone. Um, wait and see. Interesting. I don't know if the, the Herm Edwards success story, you know. Yeah, maybe that's – But each situation is different. Each yeah. coach is different. Now, uh, SB Nation is reporting that Colorado is interested in Derek Mason. I've heard that as well, and I'd like to hear your thoughts as as a Vanderbilt alum. I think, I think there is something about the Derek Mason fit at Vanderbilt that works. He is a really high quality individual. He wants to recruit high quality individuals to a school that cares a lot about that. And as long as he can go to bowl games two out of every three years, be Tennessee. I think fans are going to be fine with that. I think there's something to be said. Now he doesn't have a lot of academic support or athletic su- financial support. Might be changing. From his New athletic director coming in. There are some. But Colorado isn't necessarily not, pouring money into their program you either. If, you, if you're fleeing a school because it doesn't support you enough, Colorado's not exactly the soft landing spot. Here, right. Here's a couple he, thoughts on this. And there's two, two – real quick, my final one here, and I'll let you run. Two, two, two things about the recruiting. Much better recruiting base geographically for Vanderbilt than Colorado. Much easier recruiting pool of players at Colorado than at Vanderbilt considering the academics at Vanderbilt. Okay, Derek Mason has a – Tremendous reputation in the industry. Good guy. Great guy. Great defensive coordinator. To me, it's a hard – I like him. I think he's a good coach. If you're Colorado, your fan base, he's 9-31 and 31 in the SEC. Yeah, it's and, and I don't care what your no, – I agree with you. I don't care what, 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 what your status of, on the, in the food chain is in the SEC. 9-31, and 31, it's still 9-31. and 31. Um, I – you know, Cal flirted with him two years ago after his last bowl appearance, and he kind of pledged his allegiance to Vanderbilt right away. There's a new athletic director coming in, could could be hired today, could be hired in a month. We, we don't know. Um, so I, I think it's interesting. If I'm Colorado, I don't, you know, I, again, I think he'd be a good fit. I think he'd do a good job there. It's, it's a tough sell. Maybe Rick George doesn't care about the t- winning the press conference. Yeah, I mean, I not no, I don't think anyone should be ever care about winning the press conference. I think that's the one of the worst things you can possibly do. Um all right, who who else? Uh, let's see. Oh, Cliff Kingsbury. That's right. Uh, who, by the way, I've seen rumors of Kings, Kingsbury being involved in almost all of these jobs as an OC. I, that would be very interesting to me if I was North Carolina, um, which has been the rumor there. Um, obviously, he is out at Texas Tech. Already, lots of talk. You've got a lot of former air raid type guys out there. Um, I saw one about Dana Holgerson being mentioned for the job, and I thought, I know former Tex- assistant there, right? And I know there's ties and everything, but like, isn't I kind of feel like West Virginia is the better job, even though geographically, like Lubbock is sort of an outpost and it's a great state for talent, but it's not exactly in a population-dense area. True. Um, I think in a vacuum, West Virginia is the better job, but West Virginia is still an odd fit in the Big 12 geographically, recruiting base, you know. I don't know. There's, it, it, he's had a great season, but the, the, is this, a, is this a I don't know. restart your five-year clock? Not saying that Holgerson's on yeah. the hot seat, but and that's another thing about Derek Mason, too. We, I, I meant to say, going to a bowl game for the second time in three years is great, beating Tennessee three straight years, but 
They're going to lose a lot of talent. What if they take two steps back? You go to Colorado, you have at least a five-year, you know, I think could be to some degree, same thing with Holgerson. You restart your clock, you get five five years guaranteed. I, I follow it's, that. It's, it's, it's been an odd marriage at times at West Virginia, right? I guess. I also think that it's a perfect dysfunctional marriage. Yeah. There's something about his crazy-ass like hair. That was Brayden Gall who said that. Mitch, you said that. You held up a sign and said, read this. I, West Virginia's a little crazy, and Holgerson's a little crazy. I think there's a good fit there. His I hair just, was tremendous. I would rather night, coach at West Virginia than Texas Tech. I would, too. I think it's a better job. Like I said, I think it's a better job. Um, so that'll be interesting. You know, Graham Harrell is certainly a name that's been rising through the ranks as, as an OC. I don't think either one of those two guys is ready to be the head football coach, but a lot of Texas guys. I think Latrell was mentioning that for that name as well. Um, who who are some of the names that you like out there for some of these jobs? As far as I mean, well, Neil Brown was mentioned as well. Yes. I've seen, I mean, I've seen I, his I, name I, mentioned every week. I talk about Lance Leopold. Just love the way he's built that program. If you do want to go with the option, I feel like Jeff he's Monken. more. I, I think Lance Leopold is great at Maryland. I think that's a good fit. This, yeah, no, I, I don't. I think I, Maryland needs to clean house and not Matt Canada's fault. Right. You know, I would love a chance to pick on Matt Canada, but you can't be connected to that sort of turmoil in an athletic department and, and still say that you've cleaned a slate, right? It, yeah. they, I think they need to clean the slate officially. Right. No, I, I agree with that. I mean, the usual suspects, like you said, Neil Brown, Seth Luttrell. Um, Blake Anderson's, you know, not a great year this year at Arkansas State, but he's been a consistent winner there proven CEO of a program and then you got the Mike Elko's the Dave Aranda's you know we've talked to like I don't know much about Mike Elko's personality you know or right. Dave Aranda a lot of these guys aren't out there that much so uh seems to be a pretty good crop of you know uh of mid-major guys out there I, I think so as well and as of you know we're recording this Monday morning ish yeah, around sure nothing, lunchtime nothing breaks as we're doing this. I have not seen anything from Jeff Brom yet yeah, what, I, I think he stays. I cha- I've changed my mind, changed my tune. Nothing, no insight. Well, wasn't Dan Dockish the one who reported that today it would be that it would happen? Yeah. Uh, excuse I, me, Monday the 26th? Yeah, yeah, I don't think any of us put much stock in that. Not saying it, it would wouldn't happen, happen but, you know, not saying it, he was wrong, just a lot can change. We'll see. And, you know, his quote, his quote was, we'll Purdue see. is where I want to be. That doesn't mean he's staying at Purdue. And that was after the Purdue game? Yes. It's I, it's I, it's a it's a strong statement, but it's not not binding. I find the job comparisons to be fascinating. There, like if, if you take the heartstrings out of it, which job is better? And I think Louisville is a slightly better job. I cannot come up with a reason to stay at Purdue, and then unless like, the athletic okay. department is a complete mess. I don't think that's it is. the only at, at Louisville. Right? Oh yeah. If the athletic department at Louisville is a complete dumpster fire, then maybe you stay away. I think but been... how many chances are you ever going to get to go back to your home? thing and coach at your university that's yours it's in your family's blood you own houses there like i i don't know i think the early returns of vince tyra is that the, the new ad at, at louisville seemed to be pretty good here's the thing like i don't think you if you're an assistant if you're at western kentucky you choose louisville over purdue if you're him but you're not he's at purdue you can't that's a, that's a huge part of the equation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's some stability. You've recruited some guys that are tr- – you know, Rondell Moore's a great player. You're going to have him for at least two more years, yeah. that kind of stuff. I mean, how much do you – listen, I'd love to see a guy say, you know what, I made my – I promised these kids something and I'm going to stick to my word. I'd love that to be the world we live in, but that's not the world we normally live in. Right. Um, so, um, anything else from a coaching rumor standpoint – uh, I'm trying to – I think we got them all, all the big ones there. Mac Brown, North Carolina, Texas Tech – 
Anything else? Yeah, I'm scanning the, uh, you know, as we suspected, especially if Derek Mason doesn't move there, it's going to be a... Oh, here's what I wanted to bring up. There was a report about Barry Odom in Purdue. Maybe a mutual interest there. That leads me... There seems to be a lot of talk recently. That's odd. There's been stories written about how all these buyouts are crippling these schools. This is a perfect example. Like, Barry Odom, six weeks ago, Missouri fans were trying to push him out the door. So this seems to me him flirting with another school. So his alma mater comes in and says, we love you, Barry. Gives you some huge buyout. And then they lose a lot. And then Latin, and then 16 months, he gets fired. Yeah, and he's got this, a huge buyout. And like, it's it's because of this. When has this ever when has this ever worked, right? Yeah. Like, so, didn't they just give Clay Helton a big extension last year? Yeah. Right? So, um, so I, Barry Odom has done a good job in adverse circumstances at Missouri. They're 8-4 and four this year. They could easily be 9-3 and three or 10-2. and two. I understand why teams might look at him. This just seems like a, he wants more stability. He wants more security from his school. I, I understand people that want to go that direction. I totally do. I just feel the idea, like I don't like you, like you've said on the podcast, they've been so much better than their record indicated at, at Mizzou all season that the zero and four didn't really look like zero and four. Well, guess what? They're eight and four, right? And, and so now they will be rebuilding next year. They as lose we'll, a lot. As we'll lines, K- yeah. Kentucky's going to lose a lot in the SEC East, so. Um, what do we expect? Do we expect? Have we seen anything from Rutgers? I think Chris Ashford will be back. Okay. Always good to speculate on a podcast. What else? Yeah, like, <laughs> anything else from, um, a, from a coaching standpoint that we're missing here? I think uh, Nick Saban will be back next year. Okay. Should, can we take credit for that? When he returns next year, can we be like Athlon Sports first reported? If Urban Meyer beats Northwestern and does not get into the playoffs, does he retire what what's okay what situation would lead urban meyer to want to return the most and what situation would want urban meyer to leave the most getting into the playoff and getting beaten by 50 by alabama getting into the playoff and playing a close game you want to stay not getting in at all does that make you want to come back does that make you want to leave please get into urban meyer's head for me mitch and tell me what he's thinking i told him i wouldn't reveal his thoughts you know when they say oh, a person so close, a person close to Braden Gall's thought process. <laughs> Sounds like his wife. I'm not even close <laughs> to my own thought process. You don't have a thought. I process. struggle with my. I struggle with the process. There is no process. I need Nick Saban to coach up my thought process. I don't know what Urban Meyer is going to do. Yeah, that's interesting. This this carousel is far more interesting than I think we anticipated. While not being overly interesting. well, last year was great because sense. of the SEC carnage. Yeah, it was just when it was big jobs yeah. everywhere. Uh, all right, any, anything else? So we got. Uh, Utah and Washington, Texas and Oklahoma, Memphis and UCF, Bama and Georgia, Fresno and Boise, Clemson and Pitt, Northwestern and Ohio State. Early point spreads on that, by the way. Clemson a 25-point favorite. Um, Boise State a 2.5-point favorite. Alabama a 13.5-point favorite on Georgia. That's just begging you to take the Bulldogs there. Oklahoma a 7-point favorite over Texas. So interesting stuff there. I I actually think the Utah-Washington game is going to be spectacular. I just think it's going to be physical, knockdown, drag out. I don't think either yeah. team's playoff worthy or whatever. I just, just think good, it's good game. I think it's gonna be a great football game to watch for a championship. So I agree. It'll be a ton of fun. We will preview all of that and have a massive rankings discussion because there's much to debate going into what will be a Sunday rankings. So when we reconvene the following Monday, we will have an entire playoff to break down and what the committee did right and did wrong. So until then, we will be right back next in just a couple of days to preview like we do each and every Wednesday. A big-time weekend of college football. What was your record against the spread, Mitch? 
I remember I was injured. I was in concussion protocol. Oh, you, you made the picks. Okay. What was your record? Okay. I, I didn't lose a game this weekend. We'll have to go back and look. Didn't lose a game this weekend against the spread. Did you go three and zero? I didn't pick a game. No, you picked three games. Oh, which ones on were this they? podcast? Which ones were they? You know, I can look this up. I think you, Michigan. You know, I think Michigan minus three and a half didn't didn't work. Yeah, there's. If that was I'm the gonna case. look this up. Oh, you're gonna Tough go back guy. and listen? Yeah. Okay, I like it. All right. At Athlon Mitch, at Braden Gold, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for listening.